finishing off the review of yesterday. We're going to do the review of yesterday's daf. Yesterday was daf Kuf Membeis, the last daf in Chulin. And we're going to do review except for the last little piece because we didn't make an official siyam. And we are learning Lili Nishmas from Abbas Shmuel Shimin and Yudaleib Ben... Uh, no, I'm so confused. Whatever. And uh, Daniel Barnett Baruch Ben Yudaleib Ve'ini. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's do a review of uh, yesterday's stuff. We started off yesterday on the the review. I mean, we started learning from Ad Kam Meshalcha, which is a little ways up on Dav Kuf Mem Aleph Amin Beis. How much do um, must it be sent away the mother bird? And we, so Rav Yehuda says, just beyond reach. Uh, just outside of your hand, that's good enough. Even if you can go lean over and grab it back again, you still were Yotze sending away the mother bird. Um, we also saw that... Um, okay, um, so that's one halacha. Uh, then we saw how, how do you send it away? Do you send it away by feet or by wings? So Rashi explains, he has two shitas, but in the end his explanation is, is that by feet means if all he's able to do, the bird, is walk away. That's also called sending him a mother, the, the mother bird away. It's, it can walk away. But um, according to, that's the Tanakhama, that's, uh, but uh, Rav Yudah says, Rav Yudah says, no, you have to send it away by wing, being that it, the main way of traveling for birds is wings. So if it's not flying away, that's a problem. And with that... Um, there's a story to augment that, to, to basically prove, to show you Rav Yudah's position, that there was this fellow, before he sent away the mother bird, he first clipped its wings, so it cannot fly away. And then he sent it away, and of course it just fluttered down, and it's like, you know, hopping around on the floor. And of course it was easily caught, and uh, he wanted to basically have it. So uh, Rav Yudah, Paskin on him, he didn't listen to his ruling, so he uh, gave him lashes, and um, he says, wait till the wings grow back, and then you send it away. So the question is, what shita is Rav Yehuda holding like? If he holds like Reb Yehuda, then as soon as you didn't send away the mother bird, you're already chayv, you get lashes, and that's it, you're done, you don't have to send away anymore, you might as well keep it, there's no point. Okay? And uh, according to the Rabbanon, you always, you should never get lashes. You always have an opportunity to send it away. It's not too late until it's dead, okay? Um, or you know, so or or you so here when you're waiting until the wings grow and send it away, you shouldn't get lashes. So, Gemara says, really, oh, it's like the Rabbanon, and the lashes over here are not the lashes minatora because you transgressed lotika um, chayim but rather it's lashes that are midrabbanon. It's makas mardus. And uh, basically, it's rabbinic lashes. Now, there's a story that some fellow came to Rava, asked about a question about a tema, which is a type of a bird that's kosher. Um, is there a mitzvah shiloch in that bird? And uh, he said, uh, so he says, what's wrong? He doesn't know kosher birds need to be sent away. So maybe there was only one egg there. And uh, that's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says that even if there's a single egg, a lone egg or a lone chick, you do still have to send away the mother bird. 
so the guy did so. He sent away the mother bird. And then Rava set a trap for the bird when it would return. It sure enough returned and he um, captured the bird. So the Gemara was bothered by that. Why would Rava do that? It looks bad. It looks suspicious that he set a ruling to, for his own benefit. So that's a problem. So the Gemara says, no, that he did it in such a way that it was yad, meaning not a direct way that the person would realize. As long as the sender wouldn't know, he was far away. He spread, he spread a trap a little farther away that the sender wouldn't even be aware that he did so. So that's the, and that's the whole concern. Next, we talked about the, uh, the doves that are in the dovecote. And uh, the the and the attic, so you do have to send those away. But there's still an issue of gezel because of darkei shalom. The question is, uh, oh, and then the gemara says, but if you hold like Rabbi Yossi that says that the chatzir acquires whether you like it or whether you know about the thing that it's acquiring for you or not. So in other words, if some people bury treasure in my backyard, even if I do not know about it. There's an opinion of Rabbi Yosef Rebuchanina that my land acquires that, uh, acquires that to me. Um, so isn't it going to acquire to me Shalomi Daito? And then basically the, the eggs, why would you have to send away the mother bird? It should be considered Mizuman. It's privately owned eggs because the Chatzar is Kona to me. That's the question the Gemara had on this idea. Cash. Mizuman, no, Mizuman, uh, you know, in, in modern Hebrew, they are yeshiva Hebrew, they talk about, um, they talk when they're doing a business deal. You ever hear this expression? Mizuman, right? What is Mizuman? Cash. Cash on the table. Mizuman, right. right. Mizuman, right. That means the money that it's readily used. It's not like a check that you have to go cash in the bank. It's Mizuman. It's cash. Cash Mizuman. Right. How would they say? They just say Mizuman. That's all. It's 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 an illusion. They they you know like. And what's the relation with the Asara? Mizuman just means prepared. That's all. So Mizuman. You mean Zimun? Zimun. Zimun. It's the same word. Mizuman means the time. Shoresh, no? Yes. Same. Same. Same word. Yeah. Same basic. Zimun means the time. Zimun when people eat. Has to do with Zman. It's the same word as Zmanim. We're ready. Ready, ready, prepared. Ready to have it's like right now. It's you ready and available. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Right? Um, okay, next. Oh, so, so we, we came out that there's actually something, um, a very small window that's being discussed here, according to Rav. Basically, the egg, once the egg is most of the way out, before it lands, it's still open territory. Anybody can, can acquire it. Um, and it's not a Kenyan until it actually lands into his chatzar, and therefore um, the Chiyuv Shiluach over here is in that interim period until the man acquires it. Once it's acquired, it's too late. That's, uh, so, um, so the Gemara says, then why is it an Isser Gesel? You got it before he acquired it. There's no Gesel. So the Gemara says, we're talking about the mother. If you take the mother, that would be Gesel, because the mother is there. So the Gemara says, or, be talking about the egg, and the egg, since it's most of the way out, he has a mind to acquire it, and you're sort of like taking away what he had a mind to, uh, to use, you know, to acquire. So it's like, and that's why it's a dark shalom. It's not true gesel, it's only a dark shalom gesel. But once we are introduced to a new position of Rav Yud in the name of Rav, which is that you're not allowed to acquire the eggs until, while the mother bird's on it, 
because you have a mitzvah first that's prior to your acquiring the eggs, which is to send away the mother bird. And since the mitzvah is incumbent upon you, you're not allowed to acquire it. If that's the case, so just like I can't acquire it um, because I have a standing mitzvah to, to, um, to chase away the mother bird that I did not fulfill, so my chatzar can't be better than me. My chatzar is bound to the same limitation that I have. And therefore, the Mechatzar does not acquire, even if it is already in the Chatzar, there's no Kenyan until um, I chase away the mother bird. So that is the story. So the Gemara says, if that's true, so then what's the problem of Dar Um If he did, if the guy who's taking the eggs sent away the mother bird, so then it's true Gesel. It's not Dar Shalom Gesel, it's true Gesel. And if you're going to say that he's just sent it away, that he didn't send it away, he has to send it away. That's a bigger problem. He didn't do the Shiloh HaKain. So the Gemara says, we're talking about over here, uh, Katan, a minor. So if he's a minor, isn't that, is that an issue of Darche Shalom? The answer is, yeah, it's the Darche Shalom is that the father of the minor makes good to return it to the, uh, even though the minor does not have any of the same limitations that an adult would have, but nevertheless, the father of the minor pays for it. That's the, that's the, that's the Darche Shalom, which is, you know, like when your kid, you know, um, hits the baseball through the next the next door neighbor's window, it's uh, customary, even though technically it's not the father's responsibility, but customary to make good on that. Okay, so the same thing over here. It's all your hands. <laughs> right, right. Now I'm not saying if you what the right thing to do about yelling at your kid is. That's a separate discussion. Okay, huh? Throw him out of the house. Throw him out of the house, exactly. Um, now, uh, we saw an interesting story with Levi Bar Simon. He, he said all the produce, all the, all the young eggs that come, okay, eggs that come out of the, the dove coat should go to Rav Yudah. Came to Shmuel, Shmuel said you should knock on the, on the nest to lift them up and make the Kenyan. So the question is, what's the purpose of that? To make the Kenyan, let the Kenyan Suda be sufficient. So, you know, the standard Kenyan that we do for Mechiris Chametz, for instance. Oh, and if it's talking about uh, preparing it for Yom Tif, so then you don't need a Kenyan for Yom Tif. All you have to do is declare, make a declaration that I plan on eating the eggs from this nest. That's going to be my omelet on Yom Tif, and that's good enough. You don't have to do more than that. So the Gemara answers, um, we're talking about brand new payrolls that Levi Bar himself never acquired, and that's where the issue is. We need him to acquire it before he can sell it. How does he acquire it? Even though it's in his chatzer, he can't acquire it, like we saw Rav Yudha says the name of Rav, while the mother bird's on it. But if you knock the nest and the mother bird fl- flies up, so then the chatzar can acquire it to him. So the chatzar acquires to him, and then he, with the sudder, he'll, not, he'll, he'll sell it to Rav Yudha. Which brings us, that's that. Which brings us to the next Mishnah, which is a person should not um, take the mother bird um, on the children, even if it's for the purpose of uh, Tyrus Mitzorah, that's not, on a, not a heter. Now, a mitzvah kala like, like Shluch HaKain is, uh, you know, barely costly anything. And yet, the Torah says, You can imagine hard mitzvahs to, that are difficult to do. from Tzara Agra, there's going to be certainly a greater reward than that. So that's the idea. Now, uh, we saw the school of Rabbi Yaakov says a very important principle that this concept of is not... Um, it, talking about this world, it's really talking about Tchias HaMesim and it's in the world to come. And, uh, and that's both by Kibbut Aim, which says, Yamecha, Lach, 
uh, and then by Shluch Akein it says the Manyitavlach Varachto Yamim. So um, the fact of the matter is, is that both of those things. What if a, a father tells his son, "Go ahead, and I want you to bring me some some eggs from the dovecote, wherever it is," and he sent away the mother bird, and then on, and then he grabbed the eggs. So he's fulfilling two mitzvahs now, and um, and he dies. He falls down and dies, breaks his neck and dies on the way on the way down. You're gonna say, "Where's the riches yamim here? Where's the good? There's no good. There's no riches yamim." So the Gemara says, "Must be that it's not talking about this world. Riches yamim is talking about the world to come, and it's not talking about that everything's in the world to come." So we had a few questions on that. First of all, who says such a story ever happened? I mean, it's a pretty rare situation. You're going to say that that actually happened? So one opinion is that, in fact, yes, Rabbi Yaakov actually saw exactly that story. So the Gemara says, that doesn't prove anything. Maybe he was thinking about Averis, and that's why he got punished. So the Gemara says, even thinking about Averis, um, uh, God doesn't punish for thought. He only punishes for action. Um, so the Gemara says, I... Well, well, maybe it's a machshava of Avodah Zari who's thinking about idolatry at the time. So in idolatry, Hashem does punish for just the thought. So the Gemara says, no, what we're asking is this, that shouldn't the mitzvah that he's doing protect him from such thoughts that he shouldn't, that some bad things shouldn't happen to him? So the Gemara says, another question is that, uh, why don't we say that he's doing a, shlu- a shliach mitzvah and shluchi mitzvah ain't an izokin? So why didn't that protect him over here? So explains that shluchim etzvayin and zakin is only in in safe scenarios, relatively safe scenarios, when you're not doing a dangerous activity. But if the activity that you're asked to do is something that is life threatening, so that protect the protection of being involved in a mitzvah doesn't go that far to protect on that. And that's where we left off, which saves the last piece, talking about Acher that had he known this drush of his great grandson, he um, his grandson rather. He would have, um, he would never have went off the derech, which is a very interesting thing, and we'll save that for when we make the sim. I don't know when that's going to happen, but.